This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the 2018 Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Ready for a little romance? Maybe you just want to add a spark. Maybe you want to go even deeper with your spouse. Come join us June 21st to the 24th in Westlake, Texas, just north of the DFW Airport. Four days of great teaching, but most importantly, four days that's a getaway with you and your spouse. Registration's open right now. Go to simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're having honest, straightforward conversations about what happens in married life, behind closed doors, in the marriage bed, on the table, in the couch, uh, almost anywhere that you want to try to have sex. That's what we're game for, and that's what we're trying to help people do, because we believe that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And so this is the regular weekly chance to just talk about maybe what other people aren't really talking about. And So if you want to uh, be on the show with a question or a thought, or just any kind of thing that you've got that, that we need to address, please uh, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 214-702-9565, and that allows us to answer the questions you have. So uh, I'm, I'm joined today again by a friend of mine. He's, he was on episode number 312, so a couple months back, Dr. Robert Glover joined me where we talked about no more Mr. Nice Guy, because that's, that's how I entered into, or he entered on my radar, was um, actually, I don't even know if we shared this, Robert. Welcome to the show real quick, so I'll let you say hey. Yeah, Corey, good to be rather, with you again. I always love chatting with you. <laughs> okay. um, but we had the same advisor at TWU. Yeah, in grad like school. 30 years apart or so. Which oh, we're not that Oh, we're, come on. It we're a lot sound... closer in age than that. Okay, well, maybe not. But um, but it, it's interesting because he was, uh, Dr. Jennings was the one that said, you need to you need to find Dr. Glover and and talk to him. And so that's kind of what started our, our friendship was yeah. me reaching out when I was finishing up my doctorate. And that was when you had No More Mr. Nice Guy rolling along. And, and just getting off on the, you know, really getting the training wheels off, I guess you could say, yeah. and, and getting to where it is. And so um, you joined for the, that episode, which great feedback came in um, to the email and the inbox and comments that came in. So um, I want to, I guess we could just say for the sake of time, um, if, if, you're, if you're curious about the nice guy and you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, well, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, by the way, if you're new. Um, but if you're curious about it, go back to 312 and, and listen to it. It's worth the time because it was a great dialogue. But I want to go further today with that. Let's go further. Okay. Because the nice guy, obviously recognizing it and, and realizing, okay, I have these tendencies. I have, because the biggest one I think of uh, when I capture the idea of a nice guy is... I got covert contracts going on, which means I'm trying to manipulate or manufacture something without ever being overt about it. Yeah, you got it. Okay. And then I also have a lot of attachments to an outcome that my identity is based on how other people perceive me or respond to me, or do I get what I'm looking for without me asking what I'm looking for? Yeah, so, you got okay, it. Okay, so I'm spot on so far. <laughs> you, 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 you've, you've nailed okay, it so far. Good. So now it turns into, what's the next step to confront the no more Mr. Nice Guy? The Because this isn't about, and this is what you talk about in your book, 
This isn't trying to be the jerk or the macho whatever. This is being the integrated good person. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what I really do address. And, and uh, a lot of men, when they uh, have read my book or listened to my podcast or, or they stumble onto me, they go, OK, I understand this. Being this passively pleasing, nice guy isn't working. It's not getting me what I want in life. My relationships aren't working or I can't attract a woman. Um, and they go, but but, you know, I know that doesn't work, but I, I don't want to be, you know, the jerk either. Right. And, and I need to find this. I need to find, you know, a happy middle ground between the two. Right. And, and my response to that is, well, I don't know where the tipping point is between two dysfunctional extremes. <laughs> and, and both the nice guy and the jerk, I say, are really operating off of a similar platform. They're both trying to manage their anxiety. The nice right. guy does it by subtly manipulating or avoiding the jerk does it by being more aggressive, more overt, more, more overt in how they manipulate and control situations. So really what I talk about is, is going to a higher plane mm -hmm. and that is becoming what in the book I call an integrated male. Now we could call that lots of different things, authentic male, uh, evolved male, uh, you know, and, and basically the core really of what recovery from nice guy syndrome is, is not becoming a different guy or a better guy, but becoming more of ourselves, okay. being who we are okay. and learning to love and embrace who we are without trying to hide that, without trying to tack anything onto it to get approval or recognition, recognition, or not trying to eliminate or, or, or avoid anything, just wholeheartedly loving who we are, and being that and inviting the world and inviting people, you know, um, like me, accept me as I am or if not. OK, right. You know, like, I, almost like I am. giving them a choice rather than trying exactly. to make their choice for them. That's a good instance. Yeah, I, I often call that um, pre-rejecting ourselves. <laughs> well, I know they won't like me the way I am, so I, I won't even give them a chance. Right. OK. And that's I, I think that probably is pretty prominent if you think about it in, in, in a way we can go about things where I don't actually give them the chance to say no or yes. Or I mean, I, I think of that. This is one of the things I railed in a, a recent episode um, of, of Sexy Marriage Radio was that a lot of times the higher desire partner doesn't give the lower desire partner the chance to say no. They just go ahead and say, ah, they're going to say no, so I won't even try. They're going to say no. And I, I was in there. I was in a 14-year marriage with, with uh, my wife, second wife, announced on our honeymoon, aren't you glad now that we're married we don't have to pretend to like sex anymore? <laughs> And, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I, I wasn't pretending and spent about 14 more years trying to adapt to that. And yeah, after a while, I, I, I just just assumed, well, she's not going to want to have sex. Right. And, and uh, I, I loved your intro and I like I like what you're all about with with this program is is that, yeah, sex in a committed relationship is is amazing. It's supposed to be amazing. Mm -hmm. It it. It, it has so much more potential than any kind of casual hookup or, you know, one night stand can have. There's just no comparison. Right. And I and I like that, that you're celebrating that and and bringing it back to nice guys. If there's one pretty core characteristic for nice guys is that at a very early age, we came to a belief that, that sex is bad or people are going to think I'm bad if I have a, a sexual impulse or act sexually. So a real common pattern in nice guys is to hide and repress their sexuality. Right. 
Now, as you know, that can't be done. Right. That, 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 that's a life force. That's an energy force. That's, that's the big bang of the universe. Right. You know, that's, you can't, you can't put a lid on that. So it goes somewhere and it usually goes underground into dark, secretive, hidden, shameful behaviors and acting out and fantasy and, yep. and, and, and it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't play well. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that you're, you know, celebrating this, this kind of sexuality and especially working with nice guys is overcoming their core beliefs that, oh, sex is bad or people are going to think I'm bad if I have sexual inclination or sexual desire. Mm-hmm. So I better hide that. And then that then manifests in our in our long term relationships. Right. And I'm sure you've talked with plenty of men, for example, that thought that, OK, once I get into like uh, I get a girlfriend or I get married or I get this committed long term relationship, then I'll quit masturbating. Then I'll quit looking at porn. Right. Then I'll quit right. escaping in fantasy. Yeah, that'll solve yeah, it. That'll solve it. And, and then, you know, three, five, 12 years into their marriage, they're snow, still sneaking away to, to, to masturbate or look at porn. And then it, it almost always blows up on them, mm-hmm. either in getting caught or found out or shame manifesting and or they just quit being sexual with their partner. Right. Because it's all going underground. Right. So I'm curious because one of the things that I know just from our, our interactions that we've had over the years and kind of where you're taking this message, um, you've talked recently about this idea of the tension between people. I mean, that's, that's some yeah, of the stuff I've come and, across that, right. that we basically have, because uh, I, I love the framework of in a marriage, in, a, in, in any committed relationship, and we're going to use marriage for this case because that's, my, that's mm-hmm. the, my audience largely, yeah. um, that... But in a marriage, there's tension between spouses. It's just going to exist, right? There's tension in life. Well, well, thank you. But (laughs) let's keep it. I I was going to keep it in this little subsect, if if you will. So you can either have positive tension or negative tension, right? right? And so can you take me a little further with with where you are with that now on just let's explore that? let me tell you, well, let me just tell a couple of backstories to, to, to give this kind of a, a visual that, that, that your listeners can take in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently working on a book proposal that my agent and publisher have been pushing me for around the concept of the, what I call positive emotional tension okay. and, and how that uh, relates to, to attraction and sexual desire between men and women. And, and the, the, just the quick backstories is number one, as, as we've talked about in the past, I'm a recovering nice guy. I grew up with, with a, a lot of these belief system of nice guys that sex is bad. I grew up in a fundamental Christian church. And my takeaway was sex is evil, dirty, sinful, save it for the one you love. And you know, that, that doesn't translate well right. uh, down the line. Um, I, I, my mother trained me to be different from my father. So I, and I didn't want to be like the, the self-absorbed jerk that just wanted everything my way. I grew up during the era of angry feminism in the sixties and seventies as I was hitting adolescence and you know, that, you know, uh, kind of the message that men were bad, sex is bad. You know, I grew up listening to women complain about the jerks that they were attracted to. I thought, well, I'll be the nice guy. So I, I always, you know, kept kept my sexuality, you know, just kind of below the surface, was never real overt with it, certainly never aggressive mm-hmm. with it. Um, and I thought, well, if I just go slow and and hide my intention from women and just show them I'm a nice guy and treat them well, 
then they'll be interested in being with me and and but that never worked. Right. Um, and, and they still, you know, they, they'd complain to me about the jerks that they were attracted to. And I go, what is this? You know, you say you want a nice guy and I'm a nice guy, but you want to be with the jerk. Right. And, um, and so as I mentioned, you know, I, I, I got into my second marriage mainly because I was a nice guy being a rescuer, um, stayed in there for many years, still being a nice guy rescuer. And, and then when I got divorced in around 2003 and for the first time as an adult really started dated, dating consciously, but just trying to live life on my terms. Mm -hmm. I'd already done a lot of my nice guy work by that time. And one of the things I did, it was, I, I took salsa lessons mainly because I was visiting Mexico quite a bit. I'd see salsa. It looked really cool. Right. And I, and I wanted to learn how to dance and my, you know, people had always told me, Oh, you got no rhythm. You can't dance. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to learn to dance. So I took salsa lessons and it, and it was a challenge. My first salsa class, I had paper towels in my hands because my palms were sweating so profusely. Okay. It just, scared the bejeebers out of me, but, and I just kept going and going because I wanted to learn to do it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to overcome my fears. And the, the story that, that was so transitional for me, like I said, by this time, I'd already started working a lot of my nice guy issues. I was being more, um, you know, who I was right. just being me right. and inviting people into that. And, and that was having an effect on attracting women in ways that surprised me that just me being me, seemed to really draw women in. And in salsa class, I remember about a third or fourth class, we learned a few steps. And, and in a salsa class, you have your leads and you have your follows. The leads are usually men, follows are usually women. And the women are in an inside circle, the men are in an outside circle. And to practice, you go around the circle, you, you practice a move with one, one partner for about two or three minutes, and then you move on to the next, okay. and just keep practicing. And, um, in this class, we learned a few moves, and I remember the instructor, who was a woman actually, said, okay, follows women. I want you to close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed. And leads, I want you to lead your partner through the moves you've learned, and I want you to lead them so clearly, so distinctly, so you know, profoundly, powerfully, that they don't have to think, they don't have to have their eyes open, they just know where you're going to be taking them mm -hmm. to lead. And like I said, I, I, this was still pretty early on. Right. I wasn't particularly good, but I'd learned a few moves and I'd really been working on leading with clarity. Um, that was the message I kept getting from the instructor <laughs> and women. Let me know where you want me to go lead. I, oh, okay. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so I remember they started the music and I started leading this, this young woman. I didn't even know her. And as I was leading her in the salsa moves and, you know, spinning her and cross body lead the few things that I knew I was doing and, and I just was looking at her face and, and at her body, and she just had this look of bliss on her face. Her eyes were closed. She was smiling from ear to ear. She was just so relaxed in her body. And in that moment, I had this realization that a man can take a woman places that she cannot take herself. Okay. That is the bliss mm -hmm. of, of dance, of women loving to dance, loving to be spun, loving to be led. And I'd never, never really had that concept before about the interaction between a lead and a follow, the masculine and feminine. Right. And it just hit me that, 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 that women love dance because they love to be led. They love to let go mm -hmm. and just trust and just let the guy be in charge and take them. And, you know, they love a good dancer. Right. And 
and so I, I kept taking dance lessons and, and, and then I kept seeing that look yeah. on more and more yeah. women and not just while I was dancing with them, just even interacting with them or, you know, just having close contact with them. And then around that time, I don't know really what the exact time frame was. I, I was visiting in Mexico. I now live here, but back then I was, you know, coming down as often as I could. I'd gone for a run on the beach. I was sweating. I was ready to go back to where I was staying. And out of the blue, I just had this voice in my head, a realization that, that said, women need tension to feel attraction to a man, to feel connected to him, and to be sexually aroused by him. Okay. And it's kind of like, wait, what is this? <laughs> right. And I, you know, I just kind of kept pondering it. And I thought, this is like amazing. And I ran back to where I was staying, got out a legal pad and wrote about a dozen pages of what that meant. Right. And, I, and I refined that, that women have to have um, the, any kind of tension will work, actually. But positive emotional tension is better. Okay. The n- negative emotional tension is what the jerks create for them and why they're so attracted okay. to them. Um, but a conscious man can create what I call positive emotional tension with women and it naturally and organically attracts women. You don't have to pursue them. You don't have to try to seduce them. You don't have to practice pickup. It naturally draws them, naturally turns them on, naturally creates that look of bliss where they just want to open up and be well penetrated by that man, his emotion, his physical presence, Everything about him, they want to just be penetrated to the depths of the core of their being Mm -hmm. by that person. And it's a feeling state. And it's a feeling state that is greater than chocolate, is greater (laughs) than shoe shopping, is greater than Sex in the City reruns. Um, It's just a feeling state that can come from nowhere else other than a conscious, present man penetrating a woman with his consciousness, with his passion, Mm -hmm. with his love, with his fierceness, with every ounce of who he is. So with his, with his, the entirety of his life and his being. Yeah. It's not a technique. It's not this thing you do. Now there are things you can do that seem to, to create it and work, but it's deeper than that. It's a way of life. Okay. It's how you walk the planet. It's living with passion. It's living with integrity. It's being who you are and not holding that back. It's acting on impulse. It's blurting what comes to mind. It's just you just being the force of nature that you are in the world. And my experience, since I've been practicing that consciously, both in how I live and how I interact with women um, and how I teach men. And and when I was doing more marriage and family counseling, when I would explain this to couples, women would look at their husband and go, I like him. He gets it. He understands women. (laughs) Right. And, and so that that's what I've been teaching men for quite some time now is how to consciously show up in the world um, and how they live their life and how they interact when they're also in the presence of a woman mm-hmm. in a way that just, as I said, naturally and organically attracts a woman if they're single. Um, and it attracts them even if you're not. Right. My wife and I go out and my wife is Mexican, so she has the typical Latina uh, uh, jealousy. And I tell you what, we cannot go out without her saying, that woman's checking you out. That woman's coming on to you. That woman, you know, was trying to get your attention. And, and it's kind of like, at first I used to think, huh, huh, right. what, what? I, I missed that, you right. know, but, but she's a woman. She's trained to watch right. for that. She picks and, that up um, faster than you do. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and, and you know what? She's right. It, it does. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Even as a married man with all of my sexual energy contained completely in the container of my relationship with my wife, mm-hmm. women still, 
come on to me and hit on right. me and buy for my attention in public. So it's, it is a powerful life force. Right. Now, in terms of, of, of specifically the relationship with my wife is, is that she just wants, she wants me all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the core complaint that, you know, as a marriage therapist, and I've been there as in my previous marriage that men have is their wife lose interest in sex over time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're looking for, you know, Viagra pill for women. They're looking for this for women, that for women. And I'm convinced that the core issue over time is that I, I'm convinced women are sexual Ferraris. They, okay. they are wired. I mean, this is true. Women are wired to have more sex more often with more partners, with more orgasms and enjoy it more than a man. Yep. And men are sexual mopeds. <laughs> for the most part, we're just looking for a hole to go stick it in. And, right. and you know, and, 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 and that doesn't that doesn't turn women no, on. It doesn't it's not keep them near interested. enough. Yeah. And, 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 and so in, in long-term relationship, what most men do is they just keep doing what worked last time. Yep. Okay. The last time I touched her this way, the last time I tried that, it worked. She got aroused. And, but what happens is every time we guys just try to, with this attachment to outcome, okay, I want her to have sex now because I want to poke it in something. And so, okay, I'll do what worked last time. That just gets boring and repetitive to women because like I said, they're sexual Ferraris right. and, and they're, they're, they are wired to respond in so many different ways. There's, there's an, an old story that uh, when God was walking through the Garden of Eden, he, he, Adam and Eve were there and he said, okay, I have two gifts left to give. Um, and he says, the first one is peeing standing up. And Adam jumped up yes. and said, I'll take that one. <laughs> And he says, okay, Eve, you have the others, multiple orgasms. <laughs> so they, they, they are wired. Right. A, a woman's body has at least four or five points on her body that can trigger orgasm. Yep. We guys, one, maybe two. Right. Uh, and so our approach to women, that if we just want to keep doing what worked last time, they do get bored. They lose interest mm -hmm. in sex, not because by nature they're sexually uninterested right. by nature. They want to be penetrated all the time with our presence and our consciousness and our penis and our hands and our mouth and our mind and our humor and our creativity. Right. They want it all the time. And so that's where working with men is, is teaching them how to show up in a world that, that penetrates the world and women right. with this kind of consciousness. Which is interesting because if a guy and I'm, I'm in the same boat as you in the sense of uh, the recovering nice guy. Um, that message would initially scare me to death. Uh, that means uh -huh. I'm supposed to stand up and be me in every situation. What? Gotta, you know, that's scary. But then yeah. you start to recognize, because I think that's the beauty of being the integrated male, the good guy, you know, in the sense of I'm a solid individual. That's the, that's the message I've kind of landed on with sexy marriage radio is mm -hmm. our, our role as husbands is how do I learn to just be more solid yeah. and, and just be and, more and, engaged. And that, that is when guys say, okay, give, give me in a nutshell. What, what is positive emotional tension? And, and the number one thing I always say is be you, right? Be you, uh, don't hold back. And, and this may sound, and this is kind of weird sounding to most nice guys, but, but two things I tell them is blurt and act on impulse. 
Okay. And, and for, for most of us, no, wait a minute, that'll just get me in trouble. Right. Um, but if, it, if it's who you are, if you have a thought, that's who, you know, yep. it's part of who you are. If you have an impulse, it's part of who you are. And so, but what happens is we, we mentioned earlier, the pre-rejecting or self-censoring of self. And whether I'm talking with single men or men in a relationship, as soon as you kind of start, you know, licking your finger and holding it up to see which way the wind's blowing and go, okay, it's okay to be this yep. way or to yep. say this or to do this, you're, you're going to be a dull, boring, uninteresting man. And women don't want dull and boring. Right. They want somebody to help them escape from their own dull and boring life and their own, you know, you've, I'm sure you've been around enough women. They all seem to have this hamster wheel spinning in their head where they worry all the time. They're, they're security searching, seeking creatures. Yep. They, what if about the future? They don't feel safe. They do, and, and what most of them just do is they learn to just take control of stuff. So they don't have to be in that state all the time. And then if we come along and we're just kind of boring and routine, we haven't anything. But if we come along and we're us, yep. if we have an impulse, we act on it. If, you, if In marriage, you know, you feel like touching your wife's butt, touch her butt. Yep. If you feel like walking up while she's doing dishes and nibbling on her neck saying, you know, just, just thinking about you. Yeah. Or, you know, if you compress your penis into her while she's, you know, cutting vegetables, if you have the impulse, <laughs> do it. Right. Right. What happens is we go, oh, she's not going to like that. Or she's got a knife in her hand right now. I better not do <laughs> right. anything that might upset her. And, and, and so we hold back and then there's nothing there. Or if we have a thought and, and you know, um, I, I know you talk about, you know, getting down and dirty with your wife. You know, if you have the impulse to, hey, you know, to send your wife a text and say, you know, I can't, I can't wait right. for the next time you go down on me. Right. And, but most of us, oh, no, well, I better I not no, do that. I, yeah. I can't do that. But but that that is the stuff that heats up your woman's teapot that, that just kind of keeps it it perking and boiling. And and if if you just keep showing up without inhibition, being you acting on mm -hmm. those impulses, being you, you don't have to do anything to try to get your wife to be sexual. And and I know men right now are, are observing this whole Me Too phenomena that's going on yep. of women saying, this man acted badly, this man acted badly, this man. And it ranges all the way from truly immoral, bad behavior right. to men just being awkward and, and maybe not paying attention to signals a woman is sending. Right. But I'm convinced if a man is just showing up and being himself and not holding back, he'll never have to try to get his wife or his woman to want to have sex with them. What's going to actually happen is what I call the feminine cloud of desire okay. where the, you, his woman is going to have that look on her face. Kind of like that, that, that look of that woman on the dance floor, mm -hmm. her eyes closed look of bliss. And she is going to want to be with him all the time mm -hmm. and want his presence and his penetration all the time. That I think is what scares men the most <laughs> yeah. is, is like, remember we're mopeds, yep. you know, yeah. once well, we sure. stuck it well, in, you, you pull it next to a Ferrari. Yeah. It's kind of, whoa, yeah. <laughs> whoa I, I'm, I'm attracted to it, but it scares me. And, and, you know, when a woman is, is, in that state of desire, that feminine cloud of desire, because of the way we, we show up and walk the planet and our presence with her and how we're just being ourselves and being honest and authentic and integrated, she is going to want our connection, our presence, our penetration right. all the time. 
And that scares most men off. And this is where the work really begins of growing men is when they can hold on to themselves and keep their presence and hold their frame, even when they want to run like the house is on fire, because wait, again, again, again. Now, most men think I would love that for my woman to want it again, again, again. The truth is it scares the bejeebers out of men. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole concept of then we're being tested, which if you look at it, at least it, it, my my belief or philosophy, I guess you could say, of of the way men have been wired deep down is we've got this whole can I come through, can I provide, can I, and if if that's going to be tested even more, then there's that little bit of like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can come can through. I? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and so. And believe it or not, what we do then is unconsciously, we, we start shutting our woman down. We start avoiding them. We, we, we quit bringing our full self. Right. We, we, you know, we, we, we actually, you know, kind of start mailing it in. And here we think that would be, that's most men's fantasy, right. but when they actually get it, and I've actually got a theory, well, we won't go too far into okay. it, but for my theory is for about the last 10,000 years of what I call ownership relationship where we went from being tribal and everything was shared and we started, men started owning things, property, cows, wives, their kids, and went to this ownership model. My theory is that was men's way of repressing female sexuality. We started requiring they be virgins that, you know, we started stoning them. If they, you know, slept with somebody else, we started strapping them into chastity belts. We started slut shaming them. If they were Mm -hmm. wanting to be sexual, putting them in in burkas, wrapping them head to all the while men kept their fantasies, you know, of the, Mm -hmm. of the overtly sexual woman. We actually did our best to wrap women up and contain them and control them. Because, again, they're sexual Ferraris, and that scares the bejeebers out of us. All right. So if we were to wrap all of this up with the idea of... of <laughs> good, yeah, good luck, Corey. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to characterize all of this in one nice little bow. <laughs> but but there is an element of, just, just to kind of help bring it to a close, um, the goal is the creating the positive emotional tension that... Be- no, let's take that away. There is no well, goal. Fair, this thank is you. goalless. There you go. The, the intention is you're going to be completely yourself and not hold back and let that go where it goes. Okay, because I would say the beautiful thing of that is, is as I am more myself, because I could see this even as a little bit non-gender specific of, oh, yes. of both yes. sides learning to be more themselves. Yes. And in that process of the feedback that I get is a challenging of me being a better me. All at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And you can lead and set that tone in your relationship with your partner to, to, that invites her to just totally let go. And the, and the letting go for the feminine is the letting go and letting themselves be done. Okay. And, and that, that's the challenge that most women never get an opportunity to do because we, we men have taught women don't trust us. Right. You know, you can't depend on us. And so they've just learned to take control in most situations in life because they have to. Right. They're security-seeking creatures. Right. 
So as we lead and teach women, they can trust us to be our integrated self, to tell the truth, to follow through, to keep our word, to bring our A game to every interaction in life, not just with them. Mm -hmm. They want to see how we penetrate the world as well. It then inspires them. I'm just, you know, the, your listeners can't see me. Just kind of put their arms back and let go right. and just kind of fall back into it yep. and just trust it and let it go and open up further and further and further. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your, your, your one, your one word wrap up. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think of it, I already know now I'm going to get some emails that going, you guys should have gone longer. You should have gone longer. Cause I got this last That's time what she too. keeps saying. That's what she keeps saying. You should have gone longer. Well done with that one <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Just because I think what it does is that, that combats the idea of, um, married sex is just becomes more and more monotonous because no, no. monogamous is not monotonous. No, it's not. That's where it gets good. Right. It it, gets good. When you both b really start leaning into and growing your presence and your realness and your authenticity into it, that's yeah. where you both then not only can you take her where she can't go herself, she can take you where you can't go yourself. Exactly. That's where it gets really it. good. Awesome. It gets good. Well, Robert, thank you very much. This this has been Corey, fun. Corey, I always enjoy talking with you. It's always fun. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts. Feedback, sexymarriageradio.com. Send them. We'd love to know. Uh, until then, uh, I hope you penetrate the world well. We'll see you next time.